I'd like to speak this evening on the subject of the door to life. We know what a door is. The picture of a door is used very often in God's Word, and it's a graphic picture in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I want particularly to think tonight of the door which was the way into the tabernacle. We have a number of chapters here in the book of Exodus. You might have wondered why I was reading such a detailed part of the Bible with instructions as to how this tent was to be made, its design and its beauty, its intricacy, and there are reasons for all of these things. There is a meaning. There is truth. Very much the content is speaking about Christ. Christ is to us the tabernacle, the way that we can approach unto God through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Israelites, they were a type and figure of all the people of God who would desire to approach unto him, a type and a figure. Sometimes people think it's a difficult thing to come before God we cannot see him, he's a spirit. And yet we read in Psalm 145 and verse 18, The Lord is near to all them that call upon him, to all them that call upon him in truth. Well, let me explain what we mean by the tabernacle. This tent, the children of Israel, they made a journey from captivity to the promised land. They'd been taken as captives in Egypt and the Lord sent a redeemer to release them and to free them. And then, as you know, for the next 40 years, they would travel through the wilderness. It's an astonishing miracle. Two to three million people traveling through a barren land with just a tent and all that God would provide for them. There they are, shaped like a cross. In the middle of the cross is a rectangle, and then three tribes to the north and three to the south, three to the east, three to the west, twelve tribes, shaped like a cross. In the center is a rectangle, a rectangle which is approximately 50 meters long, 25 meters wide. If we look at this building, if we look at the perimeter of Providence, it's not very different to the size of the tabernacle and the outer curtain. And inside that was another rectangle shape, and that was called the holy place. And inside that still was the Holy of Holies, an area that was five meters by five meters by five meters. It was a cube, and it was the most holy place. Do you get the picture? The children of Israel are all around, and in that rectangle is the place to approach God. And the way into that rectangle is through the one door. You will see as we unfold the imagery 
that there is a beauty, there is a depth, a profundity to every single detail, the colours, the cloth, the materials, all of them have a meaning. So tonight, in the short time we have, the door to life. We'll spend most of our time speaking about the way into the tabernacle. Then I want to speak about a shut door, the ark. The door to the ark was shut. The door to the wedding, when the ten virgins came, was shut. And then the door to life for us, which is open for a time. I don't know how long for you. I don't know how long for all of us. But one day that too will be closed. So the door, first of all, to the tabernacle. We read here in Exodus 25, verse 9 and verse 8, Verse 8, let them make me a sanctuary. You could call it a royal palace. It's just a tent, just a portable building that could be put up and taken down quickly, but it's a palace because that's where the king of kings lives. This is a royal palace, and it's a palace that God designed to be temporary. In ancient times, you remember it well, the first place that people came to worship was an altar. An altar made of a few rough stones, not cut or crafted by human hands, but just a few stones. Once the flood was over, Noah came. He came to make an altar. And then the next patriarch, and the next patriarch, Abraham, and Isaac, and so on and so on. An altar, that's the first place and way to worship. Then there was the tabernacle, the tent, but that was temporary, as was the altar. And then there was to be the temple, Solomon's temple. But you know, all of those were demolished. The altar the tabernacle, and then the temple. All of them were temporary. For one was to take their place permanently. And that, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is called the temple. The temple, the Lord Jesus Christ, the way, the only way to approach unto the living God, the God, the Father, the door, to the tabernacle. Let's just look at it briefly. On the outside, there was this white curtain. It was like a courtyard to mark the boundaries from which you could enter into a more holy place, the outer boundary, and then the inner boundary, and then the holy of holies. The outer appearance was nothing spectacular, nothing special, nothing that had an attraction to it. And you know, that's just like Christ. On the outside, none of us thought that Christ was particularly special. None of us were drawn to him. 
The curtain on the outside, apart from the door, was just white, plain white linen, pure but not particularly attractive. Do you know that's the same for every believer in Christ here tonight? Until we knew what was inside, until we know what Christ has done for our sin and for our souls, there was no appeal to us. Christ and the gospel were initially unattractive, unappealing to us. But that curtain said something else. It was quite a high curtain. It went all the way round. It said no entry, no trespassing. Inside is holy ground. Nobody that's unwashed, whose sins has not been forgiven, can enter therein. Particularly the Holy of Holies, into which only one man could enter once a year to make a sacrifice for sin. No trespassing, no entry, no human figure could go within unless they had permission. It says in the book of Isaiah, this verse, your iniquities have separated you from your God your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. There am I, a sinner. I can't come before God. Do you know your sin tonight? If you know your sin, you cannot approach God until you've been washed, until you've been given entry. The court was guarded by this curtain. Well, we can take notice of a number of things here. If you turn to Exodus chapter 26, it tells us about this entrance. Verse 36 of chapter 27. And thou shalt make an hanging. In picture in your mind the white curtain going all the way round, except at the front. And thou shalt make an hanging for the door of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen made or wrought with needlework. There at the front. Just imagine at the front of Providence tonight. Not a small door, but a door to the tent that covered 40% of the length, the width, the width rather, of the tabernacle. To go in, there was a wide door, a curtain that would be opened for all who wanted to go in. Here's the first point tonight. This is a wide door. God is going to dwell with the children of Israel in the Holy of Holies in Side the tabernacle. The only way into God's presence is through that door, and the door is very wide. A wide door. Doesn't this speak of the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, who says, Come unto me, 
all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 40%. Ten meters wide is this door. You wouldn't miss it. It was a unique door, the only way in. The priests, the people, had to go through that front door. No side door, no trap door, no second door, only the front curtain to get in. A unique door, a wide door. But look at it, the white curtain on the front is to be embroidered with beautiful tapestry. And the tapestry was to be made on the white background of blue and purple and scarlet. The materials to make the tabernacle were given freely by the people and the colors to be able to make the twine to weave this beautiful tapestry had come willingly from the people. And they all have a meaning. Four colors. White speaks of purity. Christ, the Son of God, pure, perfect, the only one who is pure. And the way in is through that pure way, the Lord Jesus Christ. Blue, that speaks of the one that came from heaven, the one who had to come from heaven because nobody was found that was worthy to come. The purple, you know what purple means? It speaks of royalty. The one who is the king of kings, the lord of lords. And then the scarlet. To make scarlet die in those days, you had to crush thousands of insects, and the scarlet dye came out. Scarlet speaks of suffering, of death. Of course, these three colors, royalty, divinity, suffering. They say so much about the Lord Jesus Christ. The door, the white, the blue, the purple, the scarlet. Some people draw an analogy to each of the four Gospels, and you can see how each one lines up with a color. Matthew speaks about the royal line of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mark speaks about his suffering. Luke speaks about his purity. John's Gospel is focused upon his divinity. Oh, there's lots there. There's so much depth. But you know, the tabernacle was lined up. Everywhere they went in the wilderness, they had to organize the tabernacle so it faced due east. Do you see what that means? Early in the morning as the sun rose, the light would shine upon that front curtain. It would get brighter and brighter. The colors would reflect. And the children of Israel would notice the tapestry on that front curtain. They would see a beauty. They would see the width, the uniqueness, the beauty of this door. 
the only way in. Imagine a little boy or girl sat in their tent. They've stolen from another tent. They feel guilty for their sin. A week has gone by and that conscience is nagging them. What can I do? And they see the door and they know they've got to approach. They go through the door. They have to take a sacrifice with them, anything that they can that's been prescribed, and they go to the priest and the animal will be slain and blood will be shed on the mercy seat. And the young boy or the young girl will feel a sense of joy because their sin has been dealt with. But they had to go through the door before they could enter, and before the priest could take the animal and shed the blood. Do you see the picture? These things point to Christ. But let's just think for a minute. What happens if that boy or girl stayed in their tent? A month goes by, a year goes by, that guilt gets worse. Maybe their sin gets worse. They steal again and again until they're known as being the thief in tent 22. The thief, that boy, that girl. Their sin has continued. They've not gone to the door. They've not gone to Christ, as it were. Because do you know who that door is? The Lord Jesus will say it. I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. Let's turn our thinking briefly to the ark, another door. How many doors in the ark? Just one. Must have been a wide door. How did the giraffe and the camel get in? How did they get in so quickly? It was accessible. It was visible. And everybody that Noah preached to could see that door. And he said, the flood is coming, the judgment of God upon your sin. The people laughed at Noah. And they drowned in their sin. And the door was there open. But you can read it. You can read of what happens to the door. The dimensions of the ark were about three times longer than the tabernacle. 150 meters long, but the same width, 25 meters. The cubit means the distance from the elbow to the finger, approximately depending upon how tall you are. But there was the door, the wide door. It tells us in Genesis 7, 15 and 16 that the Lord shut Noah in. Do you know what that means? Death, judgment, destruction, no salvation. You're either inside and you're forgiven 
and you're rescued and you're saved and you're delivered from the wickedness of the world and of the heart or you're outside and the door is shut you can turn to another reference you might like to Matthew 25 and verse 10 Matthew 25 and verse 10 this is the parable of the wise and the foolish maids or virgins and it tells us there something very solemn again Matthew 25 and verse 10 and while they went to buy the bridegroom came the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in the parable and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut a shut door they were too late they were not prepared they had no oil in their lamp they'd gone to buy but it was too late salvation was no longer available they were outside the door was shut the Lord shut Noah's door but this time it seems it was the Lord that shut the door in this parable a shut door but just as we close let's think of that verse in John 10 and we read in John 10 that the Lord Jesus was speaking we can read verse 6 John 10 and verse 6 this is the Lord Jesus speaking about the way of salvation and he was speaking to a people that just did not understand he said in verse 1 he's describing the door he says there's no other way in you have to come through the door but the people don't understand this is children's language Verse 6, Jesus spake this parable unto them, but they didn't understand. A door! Everybody knows what a door is. You don't have to look for a door. It's there. But they didn't understand the things which he spoke unto them about. Well, he goes even further. Verse 9, words of one syllable in English I am the door by me if any man enter in I'm trying to emphasize it's so simple Christ says I am the door there's no way to God but through me you must come to Christ you must come to me he's saying there's no other way to safety there's no other way to salvation there's no other way to be rescued there's no other way for your sin to be dealt with I am the door it's wide it's a beautiful door even though you don't realize it come come I am the door by me if any man enter in he shall be saved.
Well, I want to speak about one word as we close tonight. It's a word which sometimes is debated. Is there such a thing as a seeker? Is it possible to be looking for the door? Imagine somebody walking round this church for a week. This church has three doors, actually four as far, no, five, as far as I know. But imagine there was one door, just the one at the front. He walked around for a week. I can't find the door. I'm a seeker. <laughs> We'd laugh. You can't find the door. It's at the front where most doors usually are. But you know, sometimes people use that word, and it is a biblical word, one of the much-loved verses in the whole Bible, Jeremiah 29. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, this is spoken to the Jews when they're in captivity. Thoughts of peace are not of evil. This is God's attitude to you, trapped in your sin, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me. And when ye shall search for me with all your heart, I will be found. Jeremiah 29. Is there such a thing as a seeker? Well, it's a biblical word. Seek, and ye shall find. But you know, there is a problem with that word. Sometimes, if you ask a young person, where are you? Where's your soul? Where do you stand before God and eternity? And the person says, I'm seeking. A month goes by, a year, seeking, there's the door. You just have to go through by faith. It can't be because you don't know where the door is. It can't be because you don't know how to go through. The Israelites, all they needed to do was to come. All they needed to do was by faith feel their need of a saviour, feel their need of forgiveness. They didn't need to feel fit, worthy, just needed a burden. They just needed to feel the need to be forgiven. And then come, and the Lord would deal with their sin. What stops you? Can you really be a seeker for that long? Outside? The door of the ark was shut. The door to the wedding was shut. Christ, who is the door, calls tonight. Is there someone here, this may be the last time, that you ever hear the words, I am the door. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall 
be saved. There's no doubt. Salvation is all of the Lord. But you must come. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the illustrations of God's Word. We thank Thee that these things are made so plain, so simple. We pray that none here tonight would be careless outsiders, but there would be those that come tonight to the door, and they go in by faith. And they seek forgiveness, and they exercise repentance, and they come to Christ and find their all in all. O oh Lord, may seekers become finders tonight. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.